This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Our man hasn't come home. Your man invaded my home. Your man attacked my daughter. Well, we're not leaving until Luke walks out of this gate, alive. In that case, you're not leaving at all. signpost fashioned by hand, wood, and nails, a marker for the dead. On his face, two words, here lies. Here lies what? Well, the answer to that is beyond the boundary between life and death. It's through a lonely and desolate portal to the dark sanctum. I remember the blue sky and the billowing clouds. I remember the bright sun on my face and the trees swaying gently in the breeze. This is home. We call it the cabin by the creek, even though there's no cabin and the creek is a mile away. One of the adults even made a big sign, cabin by the creek, and hung it on the barbed wire fence that surrounds our RV park. That's home. One of those RVs is ours. We travel together, stay together, like those covered wagons back in the day out on the frontier. There's safety in numbers, they said. I guess there's not much safety anymore. That RV, it used to be a summer place. Then it became the only place. That was then. This is now. But I'm getting ahead of myself. 
My name is Melody. Every day he'd go into town, my father, for food or supplies or whatever. He took the dead with him, the lifeless corpses. He'd pile the bodies on the back of his truck every day. Where did he go? What did he do with those bodies? He'd never say. I'd wait by the window. I could hear him coming from a mile away. I'd open the door and wait for him. It was a game we played. <laughs> I brought you something. He always brought me something. My dad. He used to be an accountant. He knew numbers. He was completely unprepared when it happened. Whatever happened. Whatever transformed then into now. What is it? What is it? His arm was behind his back. Show me. I picked these for you and your mom. Two dozen of the most beautiful daisies. Yeah, I know. They grow wild everywhere here. A sea of daisies, far as the eye could see. He could have scooped them up right outside the door. But I didn't care. They were for me. They were from him. When it happened, nobody was ready. How can you be ready for that? But my dad, the accountant, because of him, his warm heart and his big arms, because of him, we were still safe. That's when he swept me up in those big arms. <laughs> Such a smile on his face. The stars were in my eyes. There was a chill in the air, but I was warm all over. I was 14. I was happy. And I was alive. How is she? Same. She misses you. How can you tell? I guess I couldn't really tell. It's just what I wished to be true. I was always wishing. He knelt down to touch her face. She was in a wheelchair. The way he touched her, it was so sweet. There was no sign of a response. Not even the flutter of an eye. My mom, she had been forgetting things a lot since I was young. I'll always remember the day she first forgot my name. She was calling to me, and I could see her mouth trying to form the word. But the word wouldn't come. It was the most heartbreaking thing I'd ever seen. The doctor called it early-onset Alzheimer's. That person that was my mom, she just vanished. One memory at a time. My dad, he always felt responsible. Like there's something more he could have done. It wasn't his fault. God had his plan, and this was it. He raised a bouquet of daisies and held them in front of her. I saw it. Did you see it? Yes, I saw it. It was the faintest trace of a smile. I'll always remember the talk. That's when my dad sat me down and told me the truth about my mom. That she's still there inside somewhere. Her face may be frozen, 
Her voice may be silent, but that's still her, the one we love. No matter what happens to your head, that's still you there. There's still always only one you, and that's something. At night, we'd join the other families, the others in our community, around the fire. We were mobile, that's a good thing. If something bad went down, we could strike the fence, pack up our stuff and go, all of us, to a new place, a new field, a new cabin by the creek. That barbed wire fence and the gate built into it, it's the only thing separating us from them. You feel like you're in a cage when they come around, a zoo, a freak show. They're the customers and you're the freaks. They got them all. They always got them all. The cleaners, we called them. When the dead got too close, and that happened every couple days, somebody would call the cleaners and they would come. And clean. There he goes again. My dad. Where to this time? It's important. It's important. That's all he'd say. Why did he have to leave so often? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mama and me. Alone again. She's staring out the window at a hummingbird lighting on a branch. Can she even see it? I don't know. I move that blanket up over her. Here, Mama. Stay warm, okay? It was dead quiet outside. You know that quiet that's unnatural? When it's too quiet? As if nature is holding its breath, bracing for something. Get out of our house! It was one of the cleaners. Luke Barrow was his name. About 30. Mean as a barnyard rat. Something wrong in his head. He looked like crap, pale as a sheet too pale. He looked sick. Too sick. He'd been in a scrape, I could see that. Bite marks on his arm, oozing blood. It was too late for him. It was only a matter of time before he turns. He glared at me in a way that made me feel uncomfortable. Miss Melody, don't you look fine. How old are you now, anyways? Nineteen? I'm 14. Hmm. Well, it won't be long now, will it? Let me go! Get off me! His hands were cold. His breath was putrid. He was between living and dead. I could feel his drool on my face. I do believe you're a woman now, Miss Melody. And I get any woman. Ain't that right, Mama? Hmm? You don't mind a bit, do you? Hmm? Can't hear you. Cat got your tongue, ma'am. No. No. He was biting my neck no. hard. No. 
He was hurting my arms. I could feel his teeth gnawing at my neck, the flesh tearing. My legs were trapped. I was leaving my body now. It was all happening so fast. It was instinct. I was fighting back any way I could, just like with those things out there. I had to stop him. I had to. In the scrape, a knife had fallen off the counter. I grabbed it, and I jammed it into his head. A pool of blood was gathering on the floor. He was twitching. And just like that, the twitching stopped. Are you okay, Mama? My mama was shaking, and there was a tear running down her face. She was okay. We were both okay. I wiped the blood from my neck. It was pouring down my shirt. My blood and his. But me and Mama, we were both okay. I waited till it was dark. He was a mean old bastard. A heavy, mean old bastard. Digging that hole took hours, and that was for a shallow grave. That was more than he deserved. I was sore. I was bleeding. The pain in my neck was spreading all the way down my arm now. I was beat up. But I won. I won. When my dad got home, he found my mama in tears. He found me dirty, weak, bloody, but okay, on the floor. I was pale, and I was getting paler. He didn't like what he saw. He didn't like it at all. I told him what happened. He carried me to the bedroom and placed me gently on the bed. His face... He had no expression, but underneath, he was seething. Stay right here. I'm gonna lock you in. Don't leave this room no matter what. Do not leave this room. I could see it from the window. On one side of that fence, my dad and our neighbors. On the other side, the cleaners. The leader of the cleaners was a tough old brute who had seen too many Johnny Depp movies. Captain Jack was what he called himself. Our man hasn't come home. Your man invaded my home. Your man attacked my daughter. Well, we're not leaving until Luke walks out of this gate, alive. In that case, you're not leaving at all. <laughs> well, right now, I see a lot of you, and not a lot of us. That's to your good fortune, for now. it would never end. I felt so tired. I had never been so tired. My dad, he was gone again. He told me not to leave this room. He wants me to stay safe. 
But I need to get out. I have to. I'm getting so hungry. Mama? Mama? Open the door. Let me out. Mama? Please! Mama? Things were getting fuzzy. Black dots everywhere I looked. My head was swimming. The pain in my stomach. I tried to cry out, but couldn't. Everything was slipping away. I was losing the feeling in my hands, my legs. Is this what it feels like? To die? I'm here. I'm here. The door's open. Wide open. I'm finally free. Mama? I have to check on my mama. I need her now so bad. Mama? There she is in the corner of the room. Still in her chair. She doesn't look hurt. She just looks... terrified. Mama? I've never seen such fear in her eyes. She's staring at me and trembling. She's moving her mouth to speak, but nothing is coming out. Why are you crying, Mama? She's gritting her teeth, trying to scream. Mama, what's wrong? Here, let me help you. I just want to touch you. I'm better now. I'm free. Let me help you. Let me touch you. No, no, Mama, no. I couldn't stop her. She was too fast. And the fork was too close. She grabbed it, and she jammed it into her eye. The blood was pouring down her nose, dripping from her chin. I put out my hand to touch it. I reached in to kiss her. To taste her. It's my dad. He would know what to do. He would know how to help. I could see the bright sun shining in the doorway, the glare blinding me. I tried to run to him, but my legs couldn't move that fast. Papa. I wanted to see my papa. I needed him to hold me now. I needed to touch him. I was so hungry. In the bright light, I saw him there standing by his truck with a bouquet of daisies in one hand and a shotgun in the other. Papa. The look on his face. How can I describe it? The pain of a thousand needles. A deep sadness, unimaginably crushing. What was wrong? Papa. I was moving down the steps towards him now. I needed him. I wanted him. I wanted to touch him. Papa. He was crying now. A miserable frown. He was wrenching like he was in pain. He dropped the bouquet of daisies to the ground. I reached out for him. He stepped back. He raised his shotgun and he pointed it at my head. Papa. I need you now. The last thing I saw was the torch.
torture on his face through the smoke of that shotgun. That's when I fell to my knees and to the ground. And then he walked into the trailer. He saw my mama in the corner, in her chair. She wasn't moving. Flies circled her head. There was a fork in her eye. And she had been eaten alive. My papa sobbed for his wife, my mama. He sobbed for his daughter. He sobbed for himself. Life is short, he used to tell me. So short. Where did he go when he went to his private place? Where did he take those bodies? What was so important to take him away, even at the risk of our lives? Life itself is a risk, he'd tell us, before and now. That's what makes it life. In the cool evening air, the frogs were singing and the fireflies were glowing warm. The moon shone over the horizon, a dull blue glow cast over the field. And in that field, thousands of daisies and dozens of graves. He buried them all out here. That's what he did. That's where he was. Burying the dead. For every dead zombie, the simple honor of a grave. For that piece of them which had been and always will be human. And on every marker, he wrote the same thing. Here lies. These zombies, he believed, they weren't dead, even if they weren't alive. Maybe they can think. Maybe they can feel. Who really knows? My mama? It had been years since she spoke a word. But she was always alive. She was always my mama. Right? Who knows what a zombie thinks? What she feels? Well, I do, I guess. Here lies someone. Here lies someone. Someone with dignity. A soul. A soul. My papa stood back from the last grave. This marker was different. He pulled a pack onto his shoulder, lifted the shovel, and walked back to his car. He didn't know where his next stop would be. He only knew it would be... away. And on that last marker, amid a symphony of frogs and the twinkles of fireflies, he wrote, Here lies Melody. My own. My song. The Dark Sanctum. Episode... Here Lies, starring Carissa Vacker, Clive Standen, and Michael O'Neill. 
created, written, and directed by Mark Ramsey. Produced by Mark Ramsey and Jeff Schmidt. Sound design, scoring, and mix by Jeff Schmidt. Executive producer, Paul Anderson for Workhouse Media. Until next time. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.